welcome to the General Aviation Podcast from the UK Civil Aviation Authority. Hello, welcome to the CAA's General Aviation Podcast. Thank you for listening. In today's programme, we're going to highlight a few items we've published recently. We're going to have a chat about safe sense leaflets and also our role in the design of temporary airspace restrictions for the Commonwealth Games. Thank you to everyone who has listened to our series of podcasts thus far. And if you've not managed to have a listen as yet, then please do. We will include the links in the podcast notes. We have had a great email come in to us from Adrian, a microlight pilot, asking about licences. I'm pleased to say that we are tackling licences, and we hope to be able to provide an update to you all on our current piece of work on this. As I'm sure you can all appreciate, it is a complex area, but we are determined to radically change what we have. So Adrian, thank you for your email and for your questions. And if any of you listening do have any further comments or queries that you'd like to raise, then do please email us at gapodcast at caa.co.uk. It has been a busy time this summer, and I hope that you have all managed to get airborne these last few weeks and months when the weather has been favourable. No doubt you will all be aware of the AAIB's special bulletin, published following the very sad incident on the 2nd of April. Recently, we produced an animation and podcast highlighting the safety messages from that bulletin and the importance of being qualified and experienced to fly in cloud. I do encourage all of you to watch and listen to these materials if you haven't done so already, and we have included a link to the Flying in Cloud webpage that was created to house these items. We did work with the AAIB on these, and were very fortunate enough to have an inspector join us for the podcast element. For those who listened to episode one of the GA podcast series, we talked about the CODE project, a piece of work we're undertaking investigating how GA pilots use active carbon monoxide detectors whilst in flight. We have just published the third quarter data summary of that trial, and this is available on the Carbon Monoxide in General Aviation webpage. Our suite of new and updated SafeSense leaflets is taking shape. We have published ditching and loss of control in July, with more in the pipeline. We are now joined by Ed Bellamy, who may be known to some of you. Ed is a GA pilot with over 15 years aviation experience and several years experience on the 737 with the European airline. He is the editor of our much-loved Skyway Code, now in its third version, and a columnist with Flyer magazine. Ed joins us today to talk about his latest project with the CAA, Safe Sense Leaflets. Hello Ed, and thank you for joining us. Hello Alex, it's great to be here. Right, so we understand the CAA is currently reviewing and updating its suite of safety sense leaflets. This is a big commitment, as there are quite a few of these. Can you share with us some of the background and history to these documents? Yes, yeah, so I believe there are around 26 at the moment, and slightly more than that if you count some of the other kind of sister publications like the Handling Sense leaflets and some of the older GA safety publications that go along with them. They're essentially a range of leaflets that cover different topics of a kind of safety nature, and they try to give GA pilots kind of practical guidance on, on how to conduct their uh, activities safely. And they cover a number of topics such as care of passengers, uh, winter flying considerations, uh, VFR moving maps, and many others. This project was started last year, with the first refreshed SafeSense leaflet being launched. This is SS02 Care of Passengers. 
Was there a reason why this was the first leaflet to be overhauled? We wanted to start with one that was relatively straightforward, just so that we wanted to get the so so that we could get the format right. Because obviously the the format in the nicest possible way of, of the existing ones was quite dated. And although a lot of the information is still very relevant, the format clearly needed a refresh. And we wanted to try and use the same visual language as the Skyway code. So we chose a relatively short and succinct self-contained topic, care of passengers, so that we wouldn't run into too many issues with having vast amounts of copy to organize or anything like that, and wouldn't require too much technical input to update since the, the basics of care of passengers, essentially, you know, they stay the same, don't they? Nothing much has changed in that area. So it was about getting the, the format right and that the visual language would work. So are you taking each one in order or is it more down to a priority list? So when we started, I sat down and read through all of them and I assigned each of them a kind of low, medium, high value in terms of how important they were to the community, you know, how important is their message and content, but also how much effort they would be to update. So the ones that were kind of low priority from a kind of value point of view, but nonetheless would be quite a lot of effort to update, tended to sink towards the bottom of the pile. So we broadly approached it in that way. Now, this wasn't, you know, there was nothing hard and fast about it. It was primarily how important we felt they were on an individual basis. So as the author of these documents, what is the approach you take? Is it addressing the actual words and illustrations used? Or are we hoping to put across a particular concept when we update these documents? Yes. I mean, I start with the words. So I would describe myself almost as more of an editor than an author in this case, because although most of the new ones are complete rewrites, I think to call myself the author would sort of suggest it's kind of just about my sort of knowledge and it's not. So I start by identifying whether the subject itself, the content needs a technical update or not. To pick an example, I'm currently working on the ditching SSL. And after bit of a technical review with some experts, I concluded that actually the content was broadly okay already. So it's then a question of once that's been done, I then move on to does the current leaflet present things in the most logical, ordered way? Could we present the information differently? So I deal with that issue. Then once the kind of basic outline is there, move on to the more detailed kind of copywriting and editing it down. And then once I've got to a point where there's pretty much a complete leaflet in basic A4, then move on to putting it into the graphic design kind of template. So we work with a graphic designer called The Surgery based in, in West Sussex, and they have helped us develop this kind of visual language for the leaflets. And so at that point, I start working with them to put the copy in the different places in the formatted layout. And then we talk about where the graphics go. So for example, some things are just difficult to explain in purely a written form. So where we think that, for example, illustrating how to write a capsized life raft or something could benefit from a diagram or a graphic, then we develop those as required. And then finally, once we've got all the text and the graphics we want, there's inevitably a certain amount of tweaking here and there, adjusting page sizes to get it into the final finished product. We have seven published so far. These are now on their own dedicated webpage called Safety Sense on the GA webpages. And how long do you think this piece of work will take? Well, there's a sense in which it's somewhat open-ended. 
I think by this time next year, I will hope that we would have pretty much all of the existing ones that we want to update will have been updated and translated into the new format. But even since we've started, we've got a list of probably at least five possible different ones. There are new ones. There are ones that may not make it into the new format with their existing title and content. We might choose to break them up and people can always think of new topics, I suspect. So it's probably from start to finish a 18-month, two-year process, but but in a sense, it'll never be entirely finished. So we have approximately 26 or so titles that we are updating. And is there scope to add new titles and new topics? Yeah. So there was what was called a handling sense leaflet previously, and that was just a two-page leaflet that largely focused on the technicalities of stall recognition and stall recovery which is obviously a very pertinent topic at the moment. I mean, loss of control in VMC remains one of the leading causes of of GA accidents. However, I I wanted to morph it into something a little bit more detailed on the human factors side and and actually give some practical examples of why pilots enter a, a stall situation in the first place and subsequently lose control. And this typically features around distraction in some way. So people's attention is drawn away from the primary task of flying the aircraft and keeping it at a safe speed and attitude. So I wanted to emphasise that human factors side and practical avoidance as much as the technicalities of how to actually recover from a stall. And this is a theme that I think will hopefully run through a lot of the new SSLs where we just put a little bit more emphasis on the human factors side of things, as well as the technicalities of how you do certain things correctly, which is hopefully will, will come out more as leaflets continue. So, for example, we have a number called at the moment, we've got two in fact, it's called Pilots as Your Decision and another one called Good Airmanship Guide. And these two, I sort of look at them at the moment and I, I sort of see, well, how might we kind of repackage these? Because although they're very good, they're perhaps not in the sort of language that we would use at the moment around those subjects. Another example might be we have a leaflet on the use of GPS, which is quite old now, and many of our listeners will probably know the one I'm referring to. But when we came to this subject with a kind of present day perspective, we decided to look more at the human side of it. And that's what led to the, the VFR moving maps leaflet that came out last year, because Although the old leaflet is very good about the technicalities of everything can go wrong with a GPS and how to not use it or whatever, the reality is is that the last 10 years has taught us that it's more the human-machine interface that is the issue than a detailed understanding of the technology behind it. Ed, thank you for that. And for those of you who may not be familiar with our suite of safe sense leaflets, I encourage you all to take a look at them. Any new leaflet will be published on their dedicated webpage, and we will also share links to that page in the notes to this podcast. We will also share notifications via our Skyways subscription service. So if you're not already a member of Skywise, please do so. It's free and means you will receive all GA news and regulatory updates. You're listening to the General Aviation Podcast from the UK Civil Aviation Authority. So the Commonwealth Games ran this summer in Birmingham, and similar to other large events, the CAA issued a number of airspace restrictions and guidance to those who may be looking to fly in the West Midlands area over the period of the Games. The CAA has worked with West Midlands Police, 
Birmingham and Coventry airports to produce information that supplements the aeronautical information published by Nats that sets out the temporary airspace restrictions for the Commonwealth Games. And we thought we would have a chat with one of our CAA colleagues involved in the process of creating and designing airspace restrictions. We are now joined by Stephen Maxted. Hello, Stephen, and thank you for talking with us today. Oh, hello, Alex, and thank you for having me. So, Stephen, for those listening who perhaps don't know you, please could you tell everyone who you are and what you do at the CAA? Sure, Alex, that's not a problem. I'm the airspace regulator responsible for both temporary and permanent restrictions of airspace within the CAA's off-route airspace team, and we work within the uh, airspace regulation unit. So we're here today to talk about the airspace restrictions in place for the Commonwealth Games, but I thought it would be good to learn more about how restrictions of this nature are designed. And in the case of Birmingham, there are several other organisations we would need to work with. Is that right? That's correct, Alex. As with many cases of this size, many events of this size rather, the design and the publication of airspace restrictions is a collaborative one, and it needs to be. In the case of the Commonwealth Games, the organisation requesting the restriction, or the sponsor as we call them, was West Midlands Police, as the restriction was requested to satisfy security over the length of the Games. As part of the CAA off-route airspace team, we, in collaboration with the West Midlands Police and at Birmingham Airport, we worked with a plethora of stakeholders in the region, which included Coventry Airport, a number of local GA aerodromes, commercial drone operators, some of which were carrying out surveys for HS2, and flying clubs in order to brief them on the restrictions in advance. In addition to these external stakeholders, we, within the CAA, collaborated to ensure that the message surrounding the restriction was publicised as wide as possible. So how does an organisation approach the CAA to have an airspace restriction put in place? What they need to do is they need to submit a request for a temporary airspace restriction, or the RAT as they're commonly known, at least 90 days before the event. And this needs to be supported with a robust reason for that application. It can't just be, we'd like this restriction over our display, and that's it. They need to drill down into supporting evidence. And we have requests covering a, a wide range of events, from displays by the Red Arrows to security of the Commonwealth Games, or as we've done in the past for the G7 conference and COP26. The criteria for establishing the restrictions really is very high, and it's laid down under the Air Navigation Order 2016, Article 239. All requests to us are uh, assessed under this article to establish if they're appropriate and proportionate. If these criteria are met, then we'll work with a sponsor. In the case of the Commonwealth Games, it was uh, West Midlands Police and Birmingham Airport. And then we design the temporary restriction. This restriction will then be mapped and then it'll be discussed between the major stakeholders. And then once agreed, we will ensure that it has, uh, where possible, the minimal impact upon other airspace users. Uh, we do stress that the intent is to minimise, where possible, the impact upon all airspace users, which is why we request sponsors provide contact details in order to answer any questions that should arise and potentially allow access to the restriction. So once agreed, I think the process is then to, to publish the information via NATS uh, AIS, which will be in the form of a MOVE Aeronautical Information Circular, or AIC, or a briefing sheet. AIC is the preferred method. However, briefing sheets are published if information has not been made available to be published within the AIRAC cycle. The difference is that the briefing sheet is in a different place on the AIC website, but it is still easily accessible. And it should be noted that the information is the same on a briefing sheet as it is on an AIC. I think you raise a really interesting point there, that in the case of the Commonwealth Games, it was the sponsor 
in this case, West Midlands Police and Birmingham Airport, who proposed and designed the restriction they wanted to put in place. And then it is our role to ensure it is appropriate and proportionate. And I think this is a message here that we really want to get across, that rats are coming in and changing the routes available to GA on a daily basis. And so it is key that pilots are checking no TAMs, as you say, and plan ahead of any flights they are doing. Yeah, sure, that's right. Particularly this year, it's been a, an unusually high number of temporary restrictions and they've surrounded air shows, air races, etc. And just for some awareness, our office has dealt with uh, the Platinum Jubilee fly past, which was on a par with the 2012 REF 100 fly past, as that was a large event and a large restriction. We've dealt with Riat, which had its first air display since 2019. Farnborough as well, that's since uh, 2018, I believe. And that air show had a change of airspace in the meantime, and obviously the Commonwealth Games. And it's important that due to a relaxing of, of the COVID restriction, many events that, that people haven't seen and haven't held since 2019 are now returning to the summer programme. And it, it is imperative that flyers do read publications and do read no times before they aviate to make sure that they have the widest information for their route. Thank you for explaining all of this. We would recommend that if you're not already, that you sign up to the Aeronautical Information Service provided by Nats to see all the NOTAMs and review the Aeronautical Information Circulars. And again, if you're not already a subscriber to Skywise, do please register with us. You will receive a reminder link to view the NOTAM or AIC. I would stress that the Skywise notification is not designed to replace looking at NOTAMs or AICs, but is really a reminder for you to do so. We will include the links to the various items that we've talked about in this podcast in the notes. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for taking us through all of that. Thank you. So this summer, we're supporting the Women's World Gliding Championships hosted at the Gliding Club at Husbands Bosworth. Do have a look at their website if you're interested in attending any of the events from the opening procession and ceremony. They have a procession, I believe, on the opening weekend. Then there's another open weekend. And then there's also the closing ceremony, which is open to the general public. And we're also preparing for the Light Aircraft Association Rally at the beginning of September. We are planning to have a marquee there and a number of our resident experts. I'm hoping to be there in a few days, so it'd be nice to have a chat with some of you if you're there. And we'll be able to cover off any questions or queries that you may have, so it'd be great to see you there. Sadly, we weren't able to go to Air Expo this year as it was cancelled, but we did send a team up to our private flyer in Leeds, which uh, went very well. So I don't know if any of you were able to get to that event. Um, but I mean, hopefully we're hoping that Aero Expo will return next year. So we may be able to attend then. So thank you for listening to the CAA Generation podcast. We hope to bring you another episode probably in the autumn. And hopefully we'll see you at some of the events this summer. Thanks for listening. Thank you.